Hare mai, everyone. Thanks for tuning back in again with the Daring Poppy channel. And yeah, I'm very grateful that everyone's participating in the Great Awakening. It's a real a feeling of unity consciousness is emerging at the moment, and that's all my prayers answered, I can tell you that. I hope everyone had a wonderful solstice celebration, celebrating our wonderful Mother Earth's longest and shortest days of, of her year. I was very spoilt. I managed to fit in a wonderful trip. I traversed from one side of our island to the other over a, the course of a couple of days. So that was uh, where west meets east. And yeah, my, my cup is overflowing. I feel like my, my battery's been recharged and I'm ready to take on the next wave of knowledge. Okay, so the last episode, I, I, I trust everyone's feeling that we've really got a groundswell of, of um, intelligent and integral uh, leadership and transparency starting to rise. I'd just like to refer back Billy TK. Um, it was wonderful to hear Billy calling out the United Nations in his address to the, the folk that had gathered at the Yakarana Yacht Club. I'm really feeling very privileged that there's people who are endorsing a lot of what I've said on this channel so far and it really is an incredible support to me and my work so you can imagine that that absolutely is giving credence to what we're covering here. I ended up posting a Shona Lang song called Band and that was a that absolute was an absolute treasure. I have to just point out the man's voice at the end of that song was a, a late Prime Minister of ours, David Longy, and he was one of our great leaders and he led the way with New Zealand's anti-nuclear stance. So it's really lovely to weave David Longy into that special moment in time. Rest in peace, David Longy. I, a late attachment I popped in there with the last podcast also was Vinnie Eastwood. He is one of our amazing digital soldiers here in New Zealand and Vinnie has worked away tirelessly over the years bringing truth to the light and I encourage listeners please go and have a look at some of the other work that Vinnie is covering on his channel. In particular that link was from back in 2011, um, a very short five-minute recording of John Key, who was Prime Minister at the time, and it was right after our Christchurch earthquake, and John Key bumbled a little bit there by, by um, sharing with those in attendance at that meeting that it was a man-made earthquake. So we'll just see what... what um, comes out in the wash over that, but it was also interesting to hear him espousing his opinion that there's no corruption in New Zealand when he was questioned on the United Nations 
gratification. So we'll just, yeah, bear that in mind. It's good to have a fresh reminder of, of what was actually being, um, yeah, the honesty, I suppose, that the level of honesty, and we'll just see where, where, what else comes to light that maybe either endorses or maybe um, is the undoing of John Key's words. Uh, here we go, LT, and we know, um, lovely gentleman I've mentioned in the past, I couldn't help putting up his recent um, YouTube clip to do with free speech, love and respect. Once again, it's giving a more reputable overview of what's transpiring in America to do with Trump's rallies that are causing a lot of angst and confusion. So please be inspired to just get more of a a broader view of what's really happening over there. Um, the New Zealand Herald, I, yeah, I couldn't help putting up a New Zealand Herald article from 2001. That was to do with germ warfare and biological weapons. Um, you'll also note that in that article, it, it, it draws a parallel with the World Health Organization and the United Nations all being in bed together. And as we're finding out, they are not organizations to be trusted. The Back then, the war was actually on weapons of mass destruction and that got rebranded. I will verify what year that was. I'm doing a little bit of research on that, but because basically the motive for a lot of war back then was to unmask these supposed chemical plants that were manufacturing biological weapons in the Middle East. Uh, long story short, there was nothing found. Um, the warlords then renamed the war to be a war on terror. And that's what we've had haunting us ever since, which is an illusion because the very warmongers that are supposed to be protecting our shores are the ones that are causing the wars. They are the true terrorists. So, you know, this is all about seeding, sowing seeds of vulnerability and fear, and we won't be having any more of that. It is really a thing of the past already, but there is the residue of of awareness that needs to come into play because most people have been conditioned to believe that that the wars were valid, all of our wars have been valid and with, with an interest of protecting us and we're finding out the complete opposite. So that felt really relevant because it is those very words that were spoken in that article that have become our, our enemy, you know, 20 years on. 19 years on, we've got a, a germ warfare playing out right now and it just shows you how tactical the media have been and it is an information war and until we flip the narrative and just start doing our due diligence and 
and working out what really is true, then we'll all begin to to work our way forward and put this, put this behind us, this, this um, horrid chapter of, of history. Uh, and the only other reference I have to the last episode was um, exciting information that came out on the day that I posted that clip. Um, Bodhisattva Love had a, a recent upload on the YouTube site. It wasn't Stan who was presenting that clip. It was um, another uh, digital knight, a friend of, of Stan's who's got his own his own site going in his own right. But anyway, Rice Crypto, lovely gentleman. I hadn't known of him until I watched that, that video. And he was interviewing David Mahoney, who's a documentary maker, and he has just interviewed, done a, a very in-depth interview with Greg, the uh, King John III of England, and that is hopefully that documentary, it's being edited at the moment and going to be ready for release on the 27th of June. So stand by for that, people. It's it was fab fabulous to actually hear another person's take, another independent journalist in his own right, David, and also documentary maker, to give us a wonderful insight into the into the authenticity of this very very lovely man, Greg. Okay. Well. I, to be honest, these podcasts of mine are starting to feel like a time capsule and I feel very relieved every time I get another one away, it just feels like I, it's it's um, a dedication to, to prosperity and I just love the way that what has been spoken about with Greg and in, um, when I put the announcement through about the, the new king, he was talking about, I mean, this all leads back to the royal family being imposters. And I'd just like to briefly touch on the note that I, in episode one, threw a challenge out to all you wonderful listeners something that had concerned me for a very long time was that the Windsor family had changed their name to Windsor and so that challenge was to go and find out when and why the royal family had changed their name and just rounding that off, it was in 1917 and up until that time the, the, the royal family's name had been, it was a triple banger name Sachs, Coburg, Gotha. And the reason they changed their name was because the German warplanes that were bombing London and England at that time had Gotha written on their undercarriage. So that was a real conflict of interest that had to be swiftly mocked up and I honestly don't know how they got away with that. Uh, you know, I, I really wonder where the English patriots' heads were at, that they didn't have a problem with that. I just put a big question mark over that, folks. I, 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 it 
just baffles me how these this corruption has has actually um, just seemed to be got away with so easily without any resistance or questioning. But there you have it. Okay, but really, it's with with this the enormity of what we're about to find out about how our history is actually a contrived lie, um, the Commonwealth history, we're all going to own what part, uh, we're all going to need to own what part we have played in this. It's not a time for blame, it's a time for understanding, but blame blame is unproductive. It's It's Human apathy has allowed the, the world to slip to this this low state that we're in. So it, it, it is it's a time for personal responsibility, as I've talked about, and maybe a few apologies are going to need to be offered around as well for for our ignorance. We haven't protected our future generations by allowing this to happen. And it has been an intergenerational degradation. Um, I won't. I won't dwell on that. I, I have quite a, a strong feeling about why that's happened, um, and it is to do with laziness. And and but there's reasons for that too. Um, about we, you know, we really are worn out. People, people have, that have lived through wars and depressions. When you come out of of those deprived states of existence you are worn out you are war-torn and it has all really been based on the fact that we we need we thought we could trust our leaders and it was that whittling away chipping away at the old block you divide and conquer weakening our coherency through all of the you know industrial pollution electromagnetic um, pollution and so yeah we really just need to own a lot of it's going to be very broad but we've got to we've really got to be accountable for the part that we've played so I'm a great believer that when we really feel that we've made a mistake we need to put that right by apologizing and First and foremost, we need to forgive ourselves. That's the way I see it. And offer our children and grandchildren a few apologies as well. And we'll, we'll get back on the track of, of thriving before we know it. Okay, so what I'd like to touch on today on a really positive note is the power of the word. Many moons ago, I became aware of the, the wisdom of the Druids, and this goes back to my Celtic um, heritage. Druid means man of oak, and these were the wise elders of, of Celtic, the Celtic clans throughout Europe and, and England, through, through the Isles, the British Isles. And these druids were feared by the Romans, and for good reason. They were very, very 
they were held in very high regard. They were very spiritually enlightened and philosophical people. Um, this mirrors through to the green man, which is the is Pan, and this was the divine masculine archetype that honoured the divine feminine archetype of Mother Earth. And this is this is where we're going to need to get back to. Um, Pan was a horned god, but the there was a real misinterpretation of a horned being, and it is not all the the devil woo-woo stuff that the church has sold us. It's actually a very, very powerful archetype of polarity, divine, um, uh, what have I called it? Oh, my mind's gone blank. Divine proportion. Um, Honouring the shadow and the light. There's nothing to be feared about the shadow. That that was the underworld that really didn't get a, a decent look in. It, it got demonised as being um, a place of, of hell and demonic forces and it couldn't be anything further from the truth. So it's about be, being mature and revisiting these topics and looking at them from an angle of of awareness and weaving in some more philosophical debate. So in in line alignment with that, the Druids were the authors, or are, I'll say, don't need to say past tense, are the authors of the English language. And the English language is encoded um, one that I'd like to share with you, one, one lovely example of that is the word earth. So with earth, if you take the H from the end and put it at the beginning, you turn the word into heart, which goes to show that earth and heart have exactly the same vibra vibrational frequency. And this is all about us being our hearts resonating and being attuned to Mother Earth's her natural heartbeat. I another wonderful, just an extension of that, if we add the word B to those five letters, we have breath. B-R-E-A-T-H. And this this is called lexigramming. When you study a word and you can make as many words as you like out of a word without repeating a letter more than once if it only appears once that's the rule so what what we can find within the word breath we have here her heartbeat which is pretty powerful these this is telling a story it's deeper than than just some sort of random um, composition of letters it's it's all intertwining it's all multifaceted and I love the word um, I'll just throw this one in as well ancestors which has the word yeah C in there was unusual to have an ancestors but you understand when you look at you start playing around with it you have ocean O-C-E-A-N 
and you have tone, stone, note. And this is this all goes back to the wisdom of the Waitaha because they prophesied that the first ancestor for mother of Mother Earth was stone, living stone. And they say that the first child born of the stars is stone. So I, when I discovered, just started playing around in, in recent years with that word ancestors, it all linked right back in with that wisdom. And I thought, wow, this is so deep and meaningful. And I just feel very privileged to be able to share that with all you lovely participators out there in the Great Awakening. Um, okay, well, I might just leave it at that for today. Remember the matrix, you know, we've looked at the matrix movie. Know that the matrix is feminine, people. We, if it, the word T-R-I-X is from the feminine. Mator is masculine. So we are, in, we are living in a, in a matriarchal matrix, and this is not to be defied, we're not, defying the laws of nature is what's got us in the, in the, in the cart, um, and this has been masculine, you know, the, the imbalance of patriarchal regimes that have wanted to separate us from nature and dominate in a separatist way, um, which is a mechanical way, so we've become mechanistic under a masculine um, ideology, whereas the feminine counterpart operates under an alchemical form, form of philosophy. And that, that is basically a branch of ancient philosophy, which is to do with transmutation of matter. And that is all about our evolution, evolving, has love and even it. Separation is not the key. It's a, we need to come back to unification and celebrating our diversity for sure, but on the basis of the first principles, which is seeing ourselves as, as part of the greater all. We are all interconnected and all have our parts to play. And But that, that we, we must not stray from those codes, so those golden rules and secret codes of the universe that will ensure our success and our, our fruitful um, preservation in, into the future. All right, well, it's been lovely back sharing once again, and it's going to be a very exciting week. There's, there's um, incredible, incredible unfolding from, well, isn't it exciting, the, the Southern Hemisphere and the Northern Hemisphere, we've got King John III, and a New Zealander leading the way up there in the Northern Hemisphere, and, and now we've got a wonderful leader, Billy TK, uh, uniting with fellow um, patriots and other parties within New Zealand. Um, I haven't checked this week to see who's been, who, what's been transpiring there, but I'm sure there'll be a connectivity beginning to happen and seeing that we can we can really change this next election if we we all pull together and play our part. All good, all right. Well, this is a tall poppy chiming out for now and yeah.
may great peace and prosperity continue to reign.